and welcome to Project HR, a podcast dedicated to building better workplaces. Project HR is brought to you by IRI Consultants. IRI empowers leaders to prevent and solve mission-critical workforce issues through holistic and sustainable strategies. For more information, you can visit IRI at iriconsultants.com. I am Jennifer Oroqua, Director of Business Development for IRI and your host for this episode of Project HR. 2022 was a tough year for company culture. Between quiet quitting causing strife, conflict between employees and leaders on the concept and practice of work from home, and rampant layoffs for many companies, morale is on shaky ground. This year, however, hopefully puts some of that in our collective rearview mirrors and offers companies a chance to reset, readjust, and return to basics, adapting tested strategies to fit our distributed work world. Today, I'm joined by Chris Chouinard, lead consultant with IRI Consultants, to help us all with this reset. Chris, thanks so much for joining me on Project HR. Thank you for having me. So Chris, as the dust begins to settle and all these disruptions over the last several years, why is it so important for us to take this moment to assess and reconnect? Well, I think it's time for us to catch our collective breath. We've been in survival mode since the pandemic began, and we've all had to pivot. And a lot of the organizations that we work with are considered essential. So everybody's just been on full tilt. And sometimes they're doing this without staffing that they need. And so um, I think it's important that we recognize that companies have gone into virtual environments and face-to-face interactions have been limited. And, you know, people just have to take a moment to to breathe and and reflect on what have we learned. I mean, one thing I will say is that those pivots have been, you know, in some cases really great. So now that we have a minute to step back, I think it's time for us to say, what can we learn from this? Yeah. And and on that note, I know a lot of discussion during the pandemic focused on the need for empathy in the workplace. What role does empathy play in this reset? How does it inform how we move forward? Well, I love the concept of empathy. And last year, we actually launched a module on emotional intelligence for one of our clients. And um, I learned a lot about empathy because that's one of the sections that we teach. And there's a nursing scholar by the name of Teresa Wiseman who described the characteristics of empathy as perspective taking, staying out of judgment, recognizing emotions in others, and communicating our understanding of their perspective and their emotions. And, you know, Jennifer, we all experience the pandemic very differently, and we all have different feelings about what was happening and what's happening now. And I think that if we're going to return to any real sense of normalcy, we have to respect other people's perspective. We have to know that my perspective is true and valid to me, just as yours is to you. And so if we don't do that, if we aren't showing empathy to one another, it's going to be really difficult to move forward. So how does that, how does the rise of empathy in the workplace, how does that impact company culture? Oh, it can only impact it in a positive way, I believe. Um, although I will tell you that some of my uh, my older, more senior participants would say, "Oh man, are we are we going to do like a hug and kumbaya here?" <laughs> touchy feely stuff. <laughs> exactly, not that touchy feely stuff again. Um, no, I think it's going to be very positive. I mean, if we're really truly empathizing with one another, that is making certain that we're listening to each other and understanding perspectives and and respecting where people's, um, where they are on that emotional um, scale. I think it's important that, um, that we do this in order to find that common ground and understanding so that we can dialogue freely. Otherwise we're just going to keep going in circles about I'm right and you're wrong. 
So empathy, I think, is going to really be one of the great tools that pushes us forward in reconnecting with our company cultures. So in a time when we all really understand what it means to be isolated, you know, many of us coming together in person or online, it's never been more important to create that critical sense of belonging. Why is the need to belong so strong in the workplace? Well, I think it goes back to human nature. We want to belong. We aren't lone wolves. I think it's important to recognize that it's part of the human condition. Um, and over the last few years, I think the virtual work, while some of us really enjoyed, you know, having that um, time at home, not in, you know, for me, the commute is often hours getting to where I need to be. I think that for some of us, the virtual work was great. But in the face of the mandates and the quarantines, I mean, I'm, I'm here in Michigan and we shut down. Um, and I was living in New Hampshire at the time, and, and that was where a lot of the rest of the country was being informed by, you know, what was happening on the East Coast. It was really scary. And so we were denied that opportunity to be face-to-face. And, and frankly, you know, you know me, uh, Jennifer, physical touch. I'm a big, I'm a big hugger. And so, <laughs> yep. you know, we got limited by, you know, um, by the pandemic, by the, by the virus that we couldn't shake hands. We couldn't, mm-hmm. we couldn't, you know, high five. We were relegated to, to fist bumps and air, air fives and elbow bumps, you know? Mm-hmm. And for someone like me, I appreciate a great handshake and, and I'm, I'm a hugger. So it was really kind of weird for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking about our company came together um, for the first time since 2019 and, and the hugs were plentiful and I get choked up thinking about, my gosh, it was so wonderful. First of all, to meet people that I've never met face to face and actually, you know, I could see them on camera every, every meeting, but to be there and see the expressions and to, to know the whole person literally it was very emotional. And I think that um, it really did help our, our company reconnect by just having that time together. Mm-hmm. And close to the need to belong is the idea that fostering friendship among team members also needs to be on a leader's radar. But for many, that's that might seem like overstepping. You mentioned, you know, the, the older contingent saying, oh, that touchy-feely stuff. But there's really a, a business case for encouraging friendships in the workplace. Isn't that right? Absolutely. I think that a leader has to have boundaries, though, and they have to be understood. There's um, there's communication pieces that, you know, we have access to as leaders that we can't share with the general population in real time. I think that it's important to recognize that, you know, when you have friendships, that there could be some perceptions of favoritism. So we can be friendly and we can truly foster those friendships, but we have to know um, those boundaries. And um, a client of ours has a mantra, we need to be firm, fair, and consistent. And I think that as you're building friendships with the people that you work with and for, you have to be consistent and you have to be fair and understand where people are coming from. So, you know, I've been with IRI for 24 years and I have known most of the people that work there, you know, when I started this industry 30 years ago, um, they've grown beyond friends to me, you know, there, we, I think we're truly family and, you know, we celebrate milestones together and we, we mourn losses together. We're there for, you know, kids graduations and baptisms where we can, you know, I don't think there's anyone that I work with that I wouldn't go the extra mile for. And there's so many more that I wouldn't, I would just cross an ocean for. And I think those friendships are essential because, you know, when it comes time to get the work done, and sometimes our work is really hard, long hours and stressful situations, 
you know, to have that friendship as the basis of our, our professional lives can be so very helpful. All right, Chris, that's fantastic advice. I've got to take a quick sponsorship break right now, but when we return, I want to explore some easy to implement ideas that can help leaders connect their teams to the company and to one another. Stay with us. In today's labor market, it is becoming more difficult to attract and retain top talent. The skills gap is widening, which means that businesses are struggling to find qualified workers. Leaders need training programs that will help them improve their leadership skills so they can be better equipped to manage change, engage employees, and lead their companies into the future. IRI Consultants Lead Academy offers leadership development courses for managers and executives in a variety of formats, including live classroom sessions, virtual classrooms, and on-demand e-learning modules. Learn how you can enhance your team's leadership capabilities with Lead Academy courses today. To learn more, visit bit.ly slash leader courses. That's bit.ly slash leader courses. I'm back now with Chris Chenard, lead consultant with IRI Consultants. So before the break, Chris, we were talking about the business case for office friendships. Is the idea of employees connecting with one another more important for hybrid or work from home workers than it is for in-person workers? You know, I think that it's a case by case thing, Jennifer, you know, thinking about the isolation and our inability to connect on a deeper level um, when we were forced to be apart. Um, I think it can be difficult for the virtual worker. But that said, you know, there are folks that are very content and, and very productive doing their work without coming to the office. But I had lunch with my niece yesterday and she's just starting out in her field. And she said, I have the opportunity to work from home most days. And she said, but I don't want to. She said, I want to be there. I get to shadow my mentor and I get to see things that I can't really see and unpack over video. And she said, it was, it's just been a tremendous experience. So she said, I'm one of those folks that I'll work from home a half a day or maybe, you know, once in a while, but just to be in person and be helpful. But, you know, you think about those impromptu connections that we make, you know, be it at the, at the coffee machine or the proverbial water cooler, if you will. Some great ideas happen there, but also some wonderful bonding. And, you know, while I would never force anybody to do anything after work, um, I think that to have these days, you know, however frequent they can be with your team, I, again, I think you should read your team. Um, I personally would want to have some time where we can connect in person on a regularly predetermined basis. It's really good advice, and it's smart of her to recognize that early in her career. But uh, one of the initiatives that has helped many companies support employees and encourage connections with coworkers in their companies has been the creation of these um, employee advisory groups. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I love employee advisory groups. And, and I got to tell you, they're, they are not something that you just pull together and say, okay, we're going to have an employee advisory group. There's a lot that goes into it. You've got to prepare the team. You've got to set the boundaries. You have to under have them understand their mission. But this really is a place where employees' voices can be heard. So employee advisory group team members are that conduit between their team members where they're seeing and hearing what's going on and what concerns them and leadership who has to address these things. But also, you know, in some of the better um, EAGs that I've been 
uh, privy to, they have had opportunities to bring things to the team members and say, hey, we need your advice on this. We're thinking about rolling this initiative out. We're thinking about making this change. What do you guys think? And having those folks together to to collaborate and think together is, is a tremendous gift to an organization. And I frankly, and maybe I'm a little biased, I don't know why every organization doesn't invest in this, take the time to have these groups and and do them well. And supporting employee voice in that way can really also help with collaboration, yeah? Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about the people that are doing the job. They are masters at their craft. They, they have a wealth of information that I think it would be foolish for a leader not to want to listen to and to work with, because I think that it's not just having great ideas about how to get work done and how to solve problems. But the buy-in that comes from that discussion and that collaboration, it's huge. And even if it's not the solution that, let's say, the frontline employee you know, would prefer, maybe it's not their choice, when you've asked them their opinion and you sincerely listen to them and then say, okay, but I think we need to go in this direction because... I don't think that it's it's demoralizing. I think that most people will appreciate that, you know, sometimes their solutions or resolutions aren't the best choice, but at least you heard me. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to be said about that in a relationship with a, a leader and their team. Mm-hmm. So what are your suggestions on how leaders can foster friendships within their own teams? Well, I do think it's twofold. I think a leader needs to connect with their individual team members, but they also have a responsibility to cultivate an environment where friendships can grow. And so if you if you want to think about your team, first of all, make sure that the team culture and values reflect the organization and that they're healthy. You know, I think a lot of times teams can create norms that are not healthy and a leader needs to be, you know, really on top of that, nip any unhealthy norms in the bud. And one of those unhealthy norms are clicks. And so I think that it's important to to make a real effort to get team members working together with different people so that those those clicks don't form as easily. I think that um, having team building activities and something as simple as is, you know, we're going to have a potluck on the last Friday of the month. You know, even our virtual employees, we'd like them to come in just to to connect. We'll have a meeting. Do anything that you can um, that you can think of to help bring people together. My team just recently did um, an activity. It was just a short activity, and it was sharing our walk-up songs. And we had so much fun with it. And we learned um, just a fun little fact about each team member. But I have to tell you, I was at the airport the other day, and I heard a song that I haven't heard in 30 years before one of my team members said that was his walk-up song. And it made me smile. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, this little activity just brought us that much closer together. And so I think that... Leaders can do a a lot of things, but most importantly, understand that it is their responsibility to create that culture. I love that idea. Do you have any other ideas on how leaders can help connect employees to the company's culture and build morale? Oh, sure. Um, First of all, I think that we should have conversations that address the culture. I don't think that we do that enough. I think that you know, what do you see our culture being? What do you see our team's culture being? Is it aligned with the organization? Um, you know, what are the positive things about our team that we want to to nurture and what are the things that we may be doing that are, are counter to that? Um, you know, morale. 
I think that's a very individual thing. And I think it changes from, you know, from day to day, week to week. But if it's strong with the team, it's not going to, um, it's going to be able to weather the storm. So, you know, an informal check-in at a meeting or having one-on-ones just to see how people are doing. A quick poll on Teams. You know, you can do that in in the uh, Teams app where you can just ask the question, you know, on a scale Mm -hmm. of one to 10, how are you feeling today? Um, Or even a Kahoot to make it fun. And then follow it up with some discussion questions. You know, if, if people aren't feeling it, maybe it's the stress of the project or maybe, you know, maybe folks haven't had enough time to recharge and take time off. So whatever it is, you don't want to find out a year later. You want to keep your finger on that pulse. Excellent advice. All right, Chris, it's time for another quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Project HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Oroqua. And my guest today is Chris Trenard, lead consultant with IRI Consultants. We're back. So, Chris, when discussing culture, I think it's valuable to recognize that corporate culture can be impacted with large-scale change, changing culture documents, redefining corporate values and the like, but also by small-scale changes made by individual leaders. I feel like that's kind of an empowering idea. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think so, too. And I think it's important that we remember some of the fundamentals about change. You know, people need to understand the change, the whys, the wherefore, the, the rationale, but also the whiffum. You know, what's in it for me to change? You have to make it personal. If people don't understand the change, it's going to be hard not to resist the change. Even the most well-meaning employee needs to understand that. So having conversations about how the change is going to support the culture and even discuss how it could have a negative impact, I think those are important discussions to have. So, you know, think about a merger. You know, IRI has grown significantly in the last years. And I actually was a part of a merger back in 1999. Uh, You're bringing two families together and you have to respect and honor the culture on both sides and find ways to incorporate. Just because, you know, we're being absorbed into one organization doesn't mean that what we didn't have, you know, coming into it wasn't good. And, And I think that we sometimes forget that. And that's that's a disservice to the teams that we're bringing on board. So I think it's important as, as companies grow and as they, as they add team members and structure, the culture is going to change. And, and we have to recognize that and find ways to preserve what we want to keep and, and help people let go of what's not going to work for us. And if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I've struggled with this over the years, you know, just hanging on to things that, you know, just don't make sense anymore because, well, we're growing. And it goes without saying that any change to corporate culture is an ongoing effort. It's not something that just happens overnight. So any advice on how to reinforce those ideas and, and make that commitment moving forward? Absolutely. And and I think that it can't be a, a one-way top-down thing. You know, I think that leaders need to embrace the culture and and the commitment to preserving the culture. But I think that it's really the team members that are living it day to day. What is it that you want to preserve? What do you want to keep? And then commit to doing it. Commit to being that. Don't let your culture die just because, you know, somebody on top is not paying attention. You know, I think that as leaders, we have to put the onus and and empower our team members to, to be part of that discussion as well. And of course, everything we're talking about here, these are all things that can be implemented by individual leaders on their own, but help is also available from outside organizations like IRI Consultants. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how IRI can assist? Absolutely. And I, you know, I think it starts with a discussion. We are not a one-size-fits-all consultancy firm. 
you know, we want to hear from our clients. What, what is the problem as you see it? You know, what do you feel that you need? And then actually follow up with a diagnostic to help understand what it is that's really going on because they, they might say it's one thing and we find out it's something completely different. And we do that by involving their team members and having a discussion. So, you know, earlier you introduced this as, you know, we are a holistic, uh, we take a holistic approach and that's so very true. And then, you know, once we figure out what the real problem is, we'll design a solution that will help them. And we have a lot of talent at, at IRI. I'm really proud of the people that I work with and for. So we'll match those subject matter experts with the client so that they get what they need to execute the solution. And we are not just going to say, hey, here's the plan. We're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to help you. And we're going to be committed to, to making sure that your solution is successful. The ideas we talked about in the last segment, these are all things that can, of course, be implemented by individual leaders on their own. But help is also available from outside organizations like IRI consultants. Can you tell us a little bit about how IRI can assist? Absolutely. I think the first step, obviously, is to have a discussion. There is no one size fits all with our clients and our consulting engagements. So, you know, it starts with that first discussion, and then we'll likely move into a diagnostic of some sort. We have surveys, focus groups, and other tools that we can use to help understand the problems better and what issues that want to be solved. Um, from there, we'll develop an intervention. There could be a number of things that we can do for you. We can do training. Um, we can um, customize training for you. So while we have a, a vast library of of different tools and topics, we can also, based on the problem that you are looking to solve, create um, a module or a training event that can assist you. Um, we certainly do things like team building and, and we facilitate um, retreats where we can discuss culture. We also have coaching services available for leaders um, from executive coaching down to frontline supervisor coaching. So there are a number of things that we can do. But what I want to say is that there is no time where we're going to leave you all alone to do this by yourself. There is going to be somebody that is going to partner with you. And I think that the talent at IRI is is so tremendous that, you know, if you have an issue or a problem that you want to solve, we are likely going to have somebody who's an expert that can assist. Excellent. Any success stories you can share? Well, I've been blessed. I, you know, I have had 24 years with IRI and I've spent the majority of my time between a few clients and um, they are wonderful organizations. I'm proud to be associated with them. They've welcomed me into their families and, you know, talk about friendships. I have, you know, friends that I still am connected with from my clients, but the two that stand out really, they, they're almost parallel. They, they embody what we've been talking about as far as um, the need to connect with your employees and to better engage employees. And I have to say that, you know, both of these folks had the wherewithal to go deep. You know, they, they weren't just going to try to solve this, the problem themselves. They really wanted to understand it. They talked to employees, they got feedback. So they had a real understanding about what needed to change and they didn't shy away from the bad and the ugly. And in fact, they ran towards it. And I have to say that really made me so proud. But not only did they listen, they also acted. And they said, okay, you said it, we're going to do something about it. And 
we're talking big boats in the water. We're not talking about, you know, a small mom and pop shop that said, okay, we can make this change. These were big boats that needed time to turn in the water. And they have done so many great things that I think they're the right things to do for their employees. Um, And what they both got out of it is, you know, better engagement, better retention, um, higher morale and satisfaction, and a lot of other real key metrics that, that, they would say as a result of engaging their employees, they are benefiting from. So excellent advice. Um, If our listeners want to find out more about you or about IRI and the services that IRI provides, where can they go? I would say iriconsultants.com. All right. Excellent. So all the information that Chris has provided will be included in this week's episode companion guide, which you can grab for free at iriconsultants.com slash podcast. Right now, though, Chris, it is time for our lightning round questions. These are questions I ask of every guest of the podcast. Are you ready? As ready as it can be. (laughs) Our first question is always a topic showdown. In this episode, we've been talking about how a culture reset can help build support, friendship, connection, and collaboration within your team. In your opinion, Chris, which of these classic songs about teamwork is most empowering? Lean on Me by Bill Withers or We Are the Champions by Queen? Oh, that's (laughs) tough. (laughs) Those are great songs. I would say Lean on Me by Bill Withers. You know, I, I, we all need to borrow from each other from time to time. Support, faith, whatever it is. I would okay. say Lean on Me. All right. Next question. What's the best book you've read recently? You know, I read books in cycles. So I'll go business to history to, you know, spiritual to mind candy or, or beach reads. And I just started a book about Dodge City, Kansas. I spent some time there and I'm really looking forward to that. But I also read a book um, by a friend, um, E.P. McKenna. He wrote a book called The Query and it's a it's a pretty good thriller. So I would say those two are my my favorites. Interesting. All right. What's your favorite thing about the work that you do? You know, it's. I think looking back and saying, you know, I didn't think we could do anything that could help, but we did. You know, I I love to to have a client step back and go, man, we just, we knocked this out of the park and that it's their own, it's theirs. And I think that's what I love most about it. It's the, the work is so rewarding, but I can just step back and go, look what you guys did. You did such great work and they completely own it and completely take it. And it's, it's just a thrill to see people grow. That's great. All right. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, no one can manage your time but you. You know that one of my colleagues said, if, you, if you're feeling burned out, it's you. You need to manage your time. You have to set boundaries. And one of my early mentors said, um, there is no value in FaceTime. If you're coming in early and staying late because you think you need to be here and show that you're you know, putting your nose to the grind, then then maybe you are not doing the kind of work that you need to be doing. So manage your time and it's all on you. All right. Last question. Who or what inspires you? My mom. She's 91 years young and I tell you, she just keeps getting younger. She she imparted her love of reading and learning and, and family on, on us all. There are eight of us. And her faith and her tenacity, you know, to do things and get things done and her joy of life is just endless. And I hope that she's around for many, many more years. Oh, me too. I love that. Thanks so much for joining me today on this week's episode of Project HR, Chris. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I also want to thank everyone listening in. This is a final reminder to unlock your access to this episode's companion guide at iriconsultants.com slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Project HR. A new episode posts every other Thursday. 
Finally, drop me a line, leave us a review, or give the show a handful of stars wherever you get your content. That's all for this episode of Project HR. Let's make it a great day at work.